Hey everybody and welcome to podcast 63 where I might wind up talking about more sad and bad things than not. Enjoy the show. So I have a game watch for you, and again this is just discussion and I guess a mix of facts and opinions about why I think a game is cool or important to keep an eye on. They will typically be games that are less known or less hyped, or in cases of the game like this time, something that I think is important for reasons people might not know about. Because, again in this case, it's a type of game that hasn't been around in pretty much eight years. There were a few other games that got, you know, similar aspects very close to it, but not quite exactly like another game, which I will talk about, you know, in a little bit. So this game uh, might be, you know, one you are familiar with because it is more hyped. But again, this is a focus on why I think the game is important and why to pay attention to it. And so because of that, I think I will try and make them a little bit more frequent. I know it was a feature that kind of went dead on my side. I just kind of stopped doing it. Because when I first started doing it, I was trying to save it for only the very, very few and rare games that people really didn't know anything about. And I think it's kind of important to also consider the games that do get a lot of hype, that do get a lot of coverage. But again, you know, might have something different about them that people might not know about or know, you know, why they're cool. So I will probably try and do one about every three months, I would guess. The last one appears to only be about one month ago, but that's because XCOM is a very cool IP that hasn't been around in a really, really, really long time. So again, you know, it's something that hasn't been done in a long time. So a big, overly long intro on that, and um, here we go. This game watch is for Dishonored. Dishonored is a stealth slash action game. It is being developed by Arcane Studios. It is being distributed by Bethesda. And it will be out for PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. It is going to be released in October, so just about four months from now. What is it? You were a Queen's Guard, and you were wrongfully accused of, I think, killing her. So you become a sort of supernatural assassin, eliminating... Everybody in revenge of, you know, the people who blamed you. Why is the game important? Dishonored will let you play in an open environment with randomized elements. You can play through the goal by stealth or by open run-and-gun style, and it's totally up to you how you want to play the level. Most other games have a much more linear path and kind of force a single style upon you, but this game is supposed to have lots of randomized open elements to allow for tons and tons of freedom. What makes the game design special? Dishonored will share elements that I haven't seen since Thief 3, which released roughly 8 years ago. You have several ways to enter areas that your targets are in, allowing for flexibility in playstyle as well as making the levels highly replayable. In the demo that is circling around from E3, the mission area that they show off had a reported nine different ways you could get into the, the building. Target location is randomized, 
which means they may or may not be in the same place when you redo the level later. There are multiple ways to gain information that will help you succeed. You can eavesdrop on conversations or you can find notes strewn about the level. And when you do find new information, it updates your waypoints. Why is it going to pwn? True freedom as a stealth or run and gun style is very rare. If you add on elements that are randomized, the game becomes highly replayable each time you play through. The game is also set in an alternate world, sort of circa early 1900s time period, which has elements of steampunk and supernatural. So the world should be a fresh new experience. Why could it fail in terms of game design? Being set in a completely new universe will be a very difficult task. While the flexibility to play as full stealth or full run and gun allows for great freedom, oftentimes in games run and gun is so much faster and easier that it creates an imbalanced game in terms of completion time as opposed to somebody who invests the time to play as full stealth. Why could it fail from the developer standpoint? The last game Arcane Studios made like this was Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, which released six years ago. The games share a very similar look and feel, and while Dark Messiah could also be played as stealth or run and gun, it often wound up to simply being a matter of positioning and kicking your opponent into traps or kicking them off ledges, and that was the fastest way to succeed, which effectively reduced the number of ways to complete goals, because there is often a single best path. Personal opinion or thoughts? I'm very excited to see a game that is copying many elements of gameplay that we haven't seen since Thief 3. While many games since then have tried to allow for freedom and benefit stealth, none have compared to Thief 3 in terms of giving the player extra information through eavesdropping or providing benefits for doing non-lethal takedowns instead of simply killing somebody or waiting. And oftentimes, waiting for stealth openings to sneak past opponents is completely ignored. Most games that have tried in recent times seem to have a single best path by mixing some stealth with some faster run and gun tactics. The fact that the target location is randomized is really exciting to me as that adds multiple ways around the level which should really provide a high level of replayability, flexibility of choice for a player to choose a path that, that suits their particular style, and should create a constant feeling of danger due to not being able to predict guard position and pathing. One thing that happened in Thief 3 that people don't copy is that guards would sometimes, I guess I could call it meander, they would sometimes walk their patrol path, you know, without stopping. Other times they would stop and they would sneeze, or they would find another guard. Sometimes they would pass right by the other guard and just say, hey. But other times both guards would stop and they would start talking to one another, and that would alter the timing of, you know, their pathing of where they're going. So since this has similar elements, it makes things really random and really interesting to me. Will it replace Thief 3 as my go-to game for when I have nothing else to play in my downtimes? Maybe. I have yet to see a game come close to the freedom mixed with randomized elements that Thief 3 provided, but hopefully this will.
as you might remember from last time, I was kind of on the fence about the secret world. I was very interested in the skill system, but not so interested in paying 15 a month if I was going to be playing alone. It turns out that my super best friends that I play with online quite a bit decided they wanted to pick it up and play. So I went ahead and picked it up. Like I said, there are a lot of sad things to talk about. Probably more sad than good. So don't get too discouraged and um, I will go through them all. There seems to be an issue with the server. It tends to disconnect me every 2-3 to three hours. I don't know why, but I'll be playing and then all of a sudden the game will stop and it will say I've lost connection to the server. Do I want to change servers to continue? And it's an instanced game, so it's not usually a big deal to say yeah, go ahead. But it's kind of really disrupting to be interrupted in the middle of combat like that. Or even just walking down the street, it, it stops and then you're like, what's going on? There is a memory leak issue. I don't always get it, but I got it the other day. I was playing for a few hours and then it started getting slower and slower and it just started going along like I would go for two seconds and then I would be stuck for 15 seconds and it's like what is going on? Not only did it require me restarting the game client but I actually had to restart my entire system because restarting the game client didn't do anything. So it's like something was going on with the system and it was really messing up things. Even though the game is new, I don't expect this to change, but people are constantly asking for questions about quests and, you know, the answers to investigation quests as they are called. So if you pay any attention at all to the general chat, you're going to get spoilers on lots of quests in the area that you happen to be in. The skills, while really awesome, seem very similar within each category. Like I'm using sword and I looked at switching to hammer. And it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio about what each line does. It's just a little bit different, like sword does AE damage, whereas hammer might do like a cone effect for that same ability position. They are certainly a lot less different than I was expecting. Since there are so many skills, I see a lot of people getting confused about how to, you know, do a particular build or about how to respect themselves. Only a few people play collectible card games and that's for a reason. While most people who are confused do get the idea when I explain it to them, I'm having to do so quite a bit. I mean, you know, I don't have to do it. But people ask and help and nobody tends to answer them, so I'll send them some tells. And probably I would say once every other hour I'm having to spend at least a few lines explaining to people this is how it works and this is why it's cool and this is why it's interesting. And this is why it's confusing. Most people do get the general idea, but I think it's confusing far more people in terms of the mainstream players than, you know, a standard class system would. I'm absolutely not saying it should have a standard class system. That's what makes the game interesting. If it did, it would probably be boring as poop and no one would play. But I am saying probably either in the tutorial or maybe in some kind of special quest line or something, they should have something that does a lot better job of explaining how to do it. The user interface seems overly simplified. Icons are uninteresting to look at and tiny. They're like maybe 100 pixels big. Your hotkey buttons and stuff are slightly larger. But you know, when you look at your inventory, when you look at your character screen, the stuff is almost so tiny you can't even see it at, you know, 1920 by 1080 resolution. 
And that's pretty much what everybody uses these days. It's almost like the UI was an in-house placeholder for the eventual user interface, and they just forgot to put it in before launch because it looks really simplified. Some people might consider this a good thing, but I think it's really kind of a bad thing. It's like if you have a group window and there's five people in the group and they're just a green bar each, how do you know who's doing what role? Granted, it would be kind of hard to say, you know, this person's a tank and this person's DPS, especially if they're both using, you know, the same weapon types. But maybe some kind of elective icon, you know, say I'm tanking, which is what I'm doing, you know, maybe I would in some area, you know, set it so that it says when I join a group, display the tank icon. You know, I think that would really help things out quite a bit. Also, going back to the decks a little bit, I think when you look at your abilities and you are making a deck, if the items were a lot closer to actual cards from a card game, I think a lot of people would understand it more. Like if you put a sword icon next to a hammer icon, they're both melee, so they both have the exact same color, and they look very similar. While that might be fine for your hotkey bar when you're actually in combat, it makes it really kind of confusing when you're trying to set up a build. I think if the icons at the bottom of the screen weren't just the hotkey icons, but actually had other information, like this one is from Sword, and it has like this cone effect, and it makes a weakened state, you know, maybe a little icon for each of those, and having it look like an actual card from a card game might be really helpful. As example, when I was trying to mess around with alternate builds today, I was looking at maybe going Sword Hammer, and the big thing that happened when I switched that out is I had nothing that created an impaired state, but I had several sword abilities, both active and passive, that triggered off of an impaired state. So it's like, this isn't really a great build, it doesn't have, you know, the synergy with the impaired state, but it does do more damage with Hammer. And so if I could, you know, move some cards down, as it were, that showed this does impaired state, this triggers impaired state, you know, that would be a lot more helpful in creating a build, I think. So I think the UI in general could use a lot of work. Are they going to have the time to clean that up? I don't know. With all of these issues, I can't help but think they've had five years already. And while some of the systems might have been put into the game later than others, and so, you know, they had less time to work on them, it's like, granted, these guys have had five years. Shouldn't they have fine-tuned it, you know, quite a bit more than it seems already? I don't know. As I mentioned before, the quests are very old school. They seem to send you back and forth through an area quite a bit, so that means that it rapidly becomes 100% predictable as to what's going to be in the area when you run through. Like if you showed me a screen of, you know, one particular street in this one main zone, I could almost go, there's going to be a zombie group there, 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 and there, whether they're there or not. So I think, you know, as I mentioned before, this will lead people to get bored really quickly because they're going back and forth quite a bit. I recently saw an article from the main developer who said there is enough content in the game that you can progress, you know, at, at the pace they intended and has, you know, a bunch of extra side quests you can do if you want to. I don't know if I would agree with that because it doesn't seem like there really is enough content. It seems like it's really content short and then it's like, you know, you need to repeat stuff over and over a few times to get, you know, enough items and enough skill points to progress to the next area. 
supposedly there is, but I, I don't know. I don't see it. Again, I really think because of all of the design elements and what I would consider design flaws for a MMOG in this, you know, day and age, as it were, it should really not have a monthly subscription. I just don't see it as having, you know, enough content there and enough support that it should require one. I'm thinking that if we give it three months and then look back at it, there's going to be a lot of reviewers that admit the things that I'm saying, and that I think the subscription numbers will drop off quite a bit as people start to get bored, and people are confused by the skill system, or maybe they find out that of all the different types of skills, they only actually like this one and this one line, so they're never changing their builds at all. So I don't know. We'll see. Even with all of those negative things, there are some positive things I should say about it. The story is pretty interesting and seems very cool. The more I do quests and hear about the actual main story, the more interesting it seems. The NPC voice work and cutscenes are really great, though they do look a bit creepy because the characters, you know, hit that kind of uncanny valley, as they say. I don't quite know how to fix that. You know, you can't really make them look a whole lot more realistic without taking a big, huge hit to people's graphics cards and, you know, computing power. And if you made them look, you know, less realistic, they might look a little bit too off, I guess, from the rest of the world. And there are a few cutscenes that seem to make, like, no sense at all. There was one cutscene in what they called the hippie area. It's actually called that in, you know, the pop-up when you enter the area. There's this courier that comes up to one person, and he's like, okay, give me the package, okay, off I go, and he starts to run away, and the guy's like, no, no, wait, wait, you gotta blah, 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 okay, hurry up, but wait, blah, blah, but wait, hurry up, hurry up, but wait, and it's like, he goes back and forth, like, five or ten times, between telling the courier he needs to hurry up and go, and telling the courier, no, wait, I have to tell you that it's, like, dangerous, and it just makes no sense at all, it's like, why is this cutscene even in here? What this guy is saying is making no sense at all. And by the end of it, he just wound up delaying the courier like three minutes or five minutes from, you know, doing what the courier was going to do anyways. And on the other hand, there are cutscenes and quest lines that seem really awesome. Like there's one cutscene where you find out one person is actually impersonating another person. And so you're like, well, why are they impersonating this other person? I don't know. The quest line just kind of ended. So it's like I'm wondering, you know, what's up with that character? Who is this guy? Why is he impersonating the other guy? You know, what is he running from? What does he know in terms of, you know, the secrets? It was implied he might be working with this organization, you know, that are pirates. What's up with that? You know, I, there's all these loose ends, I guess, that are just hanging from that person. Overall, though, I am having a lot of fun playing with my friends. I'm actually kind of getting into the skill system in terms of figuring out, you know, what I like or what I would potentially want to do as an alternate build. Right now, I'm working on a tank build, and I'm doing sort of sword as my main, and then I have chaos as like a little bit extra stuff. It has some interesting mitigation stuff. I think I might phase out of chaos a little bit because now that I'm into the advanced sword options, there's some more mitigation and other interesting things there that I would probably replace some of the chaos stuff with. And I did find out why it didn't add up to all of the skill points I thought. There are two, I guess you could say, talent lines for each type. 
As I mentioned before, there are three types for each category. So there's melee, ranged, and magic. And then within you know each of those three, there are three. So for example, with melee, you have sword, hammer, and fist weapons. And then behind those, once you do each of the two talent lines in a particular one, like say you did all 14 basic abilities in sword, then you unlock the advanced area. And the advanced area for each weapon, I guess you could say like sword, has three advanced trees for each base tree. So there are six total advanced trees. And then I don't know how many abilities they are in the advanced tree. I didn't count. But that's where all of the other skills are. So it gets, you know, really super nitpicky about particular kind of lines. Again, there did seem to be a lot of similar lines, but like the line I'm looking at has sort of advantages to mitigation and there's some some healing abilities in there. So I'll replace some of the chaos tanking stuff with that advanced sword stuff. So it does seem really deep and interesting. Like I said, um, you know, it probably overwhelms most of the mainstream players. So I would not at all be surprised if within a few months a lot of the subscription base dropped out just because they were so confused and they did feel like, you know, the old school questing style was kind of boring. I'm having a good time with my friends. So, you know, as long as that happens, I'll probably stick with it. I will probably not play quite as much as I have been on my own. You know, because it will start to get kind of tired and I don't want to get too far ahead of them. But I know so far it's pretty interesting. I still don't agree that it should have a monthly subscription. So unless you are really, really into a different MMOG out there, I would say, you know, you might want to wait for a trial. I haven't done any dungeons yet. I want to do that with my friends. So I can't comment on that. But it's something we are looking forward to doing and should be pretty cool. So I have some quick thoughts, I guess, about Civilization V. I think part of why I didn't enjoy the fourth one and why I'm not really enjoying the fifth one so far is that I think I need to play at a lot slower pace. I tend to play it kind of quickly, and it's really kind of designed, I think, to play really slowly and really think about each turn and sort of really keep track of, you know, how much money do I have? Can I spend money on this? What am I building here? You know which city is building what and when the timing will happen for you know them finishing this and them finishing this and i think i've kind of just been playing a little bit too fast so i think if i slow down i'll enjoy it a little bit more i think i've played about a dozen hours so far in um civ 5 i think i'm doing okay and i'll probably do better you know in future games but i think it's really not my thing it's not all that different from number 4 I don't know if I quite feel totally disappointed and that I shouldn't have gotten it. I feel a little bit like that because it is so similar. But I did get it to play when I'm, 
you know, at work and can't get a signal and can't otherwise play or do other things. So I think, you know, in terms of killing time, I'll probably, you know, play quite a bit in the future. And if I get to, you know, 20 or 30 hours played, it will be, you know, quote unquote worth the money. And since games tend to take, you know, so much time, they take probably, you know, 10 hours for a really solid game. I'll probably, you know, hit that mark pretty quickly. I am partly disappointed in the game itself because the AI doesn't make a lot of sense. Like sometimes they'll be really friendly towards you and they'll start, they'll start, you know, setting up embassies. They'll be like, they'll be like, can we put up an embassy in your country and you can put one in ours and you'll be like, okay, sure. And they'll be like, hey, let's, let's make a friendship pact. And you'll be like, okay. And they'll be like, hey, let's, let's open our borders so we can, you know, travel our people through each other's countries and have better trade. And you'll be like, okay. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, okay, I'm going to attack you because I don't like you. And you'll be like, what the crap? So it seems really confusing. And then it's like after they attack you, they'll want to be friends again. And you'll be like, no, you just attacked me for like no reason. And then they'll be like, hey, let's open our borders. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are people that you're like not even neighbors with, they'll be like, let's open our borders. You'd be like, no, I don't know who you are. What are you talking about? So the AI still seems to not make a lot of sense to me at times. And I think that's probably part of why I don't quite enjoy it. I think if it made more sense in terms of real world, like, you know, if you're fighting with somebody who they're friends with and then they start to not like you, you know, that would make sense. But just being like friendly towards you and then all of a sudden attacking you for no reason, it's like this doesn't make any sense. I don't understand you. So I don't know. It will probably be the last Civ game I pick up unless, you know, things drastically change in the future. And I probably should have gone ahead and picked up a demo of it. But I don't know. Um... You know, it's okay. And again, like I said, you know, I'll play more as time goes on. And I did get it to play mostly by myself. So, you know, over time I will maybe figure out some stuff I have not figured out yet. And it will be more fun to me. I don't know. I guess the only thing I could say sort of as a lesson to learned to carry on to you guys would be if you did play a game or a type of game and you aren't sure if you would like the next one in the series or one like it, you might want to spend that extra time to go ahead and get a demo first because watching videos and seeing reviews isn't really the same as actually playing it. So I would definitely say, you know, if you can experience something firsthand, you definitely want to do that if you have a chance. If there is you know, any kind of doubt in your mind that you may or may not like it. Just to be sure, you never know. I'm much too fast to take that test. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strange. Ch-ch-changes. Don't want to be a richer man. So that is it for this Rabbit Zombings podcast. Hopefully everybody had a good 4th of July time. Had fun barbecues and, you know, play games or watch movies with your friends or family. As it is now July, that means I am in year 5 of my sad homeless life. And I have been homeless now for 4 total years. 
It's very sad to think that so little has changed in my life from when it started to now in terms of, you know, getting recovered. I really didn't think it would be, well, certainly not this long, but I thought, you know, maybe three months or six months. Obviously, it has gone on quite a bit longer. I guess really the only thing that I'm watching out for now is that it seems like getting recovered isn't really dependent on you so much as it is opportunity. I haven't really had any opportunities in terms of jobs, and I certainly don't have any opportunities in terms of, you know, people inviting me to their home to, you know, have a place to stay and stuff. So things seem extra sad for me. I do have friends that I play online with now regularly, so that is very fun. I have my laptop, which, you know, currently is working and allowing me to play games, so that is good. But I would say for, you know, everybody out there, just, I guess, you know, be careful in your life. You know, watch what's going on. Make sure that, you know, friends who are friendly towards you or people you care about know that you care about them. You know, don't let them drift away, as it were. And, you know, don't hold on to, you know, grudges or being angry at people because life is too short and too fragile. I don't know what I will talk about next time. I don't know if I have anything coming that is new. So hopefully I will have, you know, cool stuff to talk about that is not stuff that I have said before. And hopefully everybody will have a good time. And hopefully I will see everybody next time. Key thanks, bye. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. Wait, what? 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 I think having when. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit dot com it's rabbit dot com but with not a period when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.